Welcome, welcome my friends to the Beggars and Brawlers podcast. This is episode 57, recorded Tuesday, the 11th of October, 2022. And today I have another interview for you in our series exploring the stories and authors behind our forthcoming Alchemy of Sorrow anthology. And this one is extra special because Virginia McLean is also the anthologist and organizing force behind the book. Though more importantly for our purposes, she's the author of one of the, to me at least, most poignant stories in the anthology. So, without further ado, a chat on grief, hope, and managing our interview bombing four-legged adventure friends with Virginia McLean. Virginia McLean is an author who masqueraded as a language teacher for a decade or so. When she's not reading or writing, she can generally be found playing outside with her four-legged adventure buddy and the tiny human she helped build from scratch. She enjoys climbing to the top of tall rocks, running through deserts, mountains, and woodlands, and carrying a foldable home on her back whenever she gets a chance. She's also fond of word games and writing descriptions of herself that are needlessly vague. <laughs> Virginia V, hey. welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm trying to get my dog to stop licking her butt so that speaking that sounds of, not on the podcast. <laughs> speaking of four-legged adventure, buddy. Four-legged uh, yeah. dog butt licker friend. That's right. Yeah. And it's a different, it's been a cast change. It's a different four-legged adventure buddy than when I well, first wrote that, but I still have one. So it, it holds true. Good. Yes. I'm glad. Are you, uh, are you running in snowy woodlands yet? Not yet. Like no. I'm in impressed. fact, last night was our first little bit of precipitation that froze. Uh, <laughs> okay. I won't, it wasn't really snow. It was kind of like sleet or freezing <laughs> rain. Um, yeah. So we've still got fall going on here. It's, awesome. um, you know, I know mostly this podcast is a podcast, so no one can see it, but it's true, um, but she's showing me and it's see. actually green outside. So I just yeah. have this, like, like for most of the year, Virginia is sending us wintry, wintry pictures from Winterpeg. And it's true. I'm like, hey guys, check out the, the latest foot of snow yeah. on top of previous other five feet of snow that haven't melted yet. Or it's just like standard blinding white in any photograph. Like there's just like field of white and then the like subject of photo. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because my, my dad is dating a Canadian lady right now. And I oh. mentioned having a friend in Winnipeg. And you're like, oh, it's so cold there. Like automatic first thing she says. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. Americans are like, where? And then uh, Canadians are like, ooh, cold. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the reactions you get about Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, we're here to talk about um, our wonderful uh, anthology, which we were just just saying, she's holding it up, uh, is you were saying you did an okay job. And I said, uh, you did a something <laughs> I can't say on Polite Podcast. Uh, version of the job i could bleep it out too i'll just say it. you did a f-ing great job <laughs> um okay. but not only are you the one who made this happen you also have uh one of the amazing stories in it and uh yes. yeah the story still hits me hard i've read like how many versions of it in times it still hits me hard i read it again last night oh um, i can't i can't reread it i can read like the opener is okay, yeah. which is why like that will be the the selection I read aloud totally. today. Yeah. Uh, but I can't read basically the second half of the story um, without destroying myself, which is fine. Every now and again, you know, I I need a good cry, um, a good self destruction. Yeah. So it's you know, yeah. not a bad thing, but I it does it hits it hits pretty hard uh, for me. And then, but you know, like the I think the interesting thing about our anthology, or I think honestly, one of the signs that I think that we did a good job 
um, getting a nice range of stories is that mm-hmm. like pretty much every review we've gotten so far as these early reviews trickle in mm-hmm. has highlighted different stories. Yeah. It's crazy. Favorites. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. It's really, really nice. And um, yeah, I think every single story in the anthology has been highlighted by at least one reader as being their favorite. Yeah. Um, and so that's awesome. It feels like we've, we've really done a good job at writing a, a variety of stories and um, some of which connect more with some readers and others with others, but it's, yeah. Yeah. It's so I, cool I don't know what else like, you could want from 13 stories. Like, I know. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, at baseline, you want at least one to connect with people, but like, right. for me, it's cool looking at the stories and like, you know, we're all circling around an anthology of grief and healing. And we're looking Mm -hmm. at it in different ways and like all those threads connect and the story, like, like the stories connect with each other, but then like, which ones hit readers is cool. It's sort of like we wove this basket and like, they find their place. Maybe it's like a Papazon chair. They find their place to curl up and cry in it. (laughs) And not everybody wants to curl up in the same part of the, of the griefy Papazon chair. True. That's (laughs) some people uh, lead more one direction or the other. Um, I like that's a fun analogy. <laughs> I was going to yeah, pop it on <laughs> somehow, you know, like we want it to be a comfy place to, uh, you know, like, like fiction gives us this, this, feeling. this comfortable and controlled experience of, of the thing of being yeah. alive. I agree. That's uh, yeah. And it is, it's interesting too. We've gotten a couple of reviews from people who have said, you know, I thought I was ready for this anthology and it mm. turns out I'm not. Um, people oh, with very recent yeah. experiences. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like a couple of folks have been like, I had to actually, like, I got through about 40%. I had to put it down and mm. I can't, like, it's just turns out it's still too close to home, mm. which I totally get because yeah. there have been a number of ways in which, like, I had to take my sweet time getting through all of our stories. Yeah. Um, because I could only, I could only read them at certain times. So there are other times yeah. like, nope, too, too raw and I can't do it. Um, totally. So, uh, yeah. Whereas but I think it's all to the good. I mean, the, all that means is that the, the stories really are landing Yeah. and, and it's just, but yeah, like, but if you're, if you're in a certain place in your grieving process, it's going to be too much, you know, uh, or certain stories are going to be too much. And whereas others are maybe less close to home and therefore easier to, to make it through. Yeah. You know, like check the trigger warnings. But yes, but they exist for a reason. They totally exist for a reason. Um, yeah, it is important to, to I think, let people know <laughs> in advance what they need to watch out for um, or yeah. what they're seeking, you know, like that. Yeah. I think, you know. Yeah, I was going to say the other side of it. Like if um, if, you know, like me, sometimes you have trouble accessing those emotions and you can tell that they're there. It's almost like I need the triggers. Like if I can feel there's something there and it's not coming out or like, you know, like reading these stories will put me in a more vulnerable state or I'll get that like cathartic cry that I actually needed for something else, but I needed fiction to help me get there. Yeah. 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 So for those of us who bottle up a little bit instead of letting it out (laughs) easily, it's also really nice to just like pop the cork off the, pop the cork off the bottle and take a slug. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let it out on purpose. Um, I have found like in the last, uh, you know, two and a half years, like it's been a lot of. Uh, sometimes I need to intentionally go after that and make yeah. myself go to that place and 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 touch those emotions and feel them and cry my face off. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
because otherwise I, it does weird things to me, right? Like I, if mm-hmm. I don't, if I don't uh, allow that release of emotion, um, find yourself can, suddenly weeping at commercials. Yeah. Or to put it, but, also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, at the start, that was just, that was just it period. It didn't matter when the last time I cried was, oh. I would just get weepy at everything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh because you know when you i think when you lose people you're really close to everything reminds you of them mm-hmm. because they were a massive part of your life for so long like yeah. <laughs> it can be really hard um and there you go even just just saying that gets me choking up a bit because it's yeah it's so true um when we lose the closest people in our lives it's like it's hard to find something they're not connected to. Yeah. So you can literally be watching something that has nothing to do with them in any way, except for this one tiny thing. And that reminds you of a moment and it can set you off. And it's just like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I have found myself generally more weepy since <laughs> both my parents passed away. Yeah. Um, so Yeah. Understandably. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, like, it's just, yeah, I was actually telling Clayton when we were talking that I, I don't know, I might be uh, solitary in this anthology of not really having lost someone super close to me. I dedicated my mm-hmm. story to a good friend who took her own life, but um, we hadn't really been close friends for a couple of years when she did that. And so I'm learning a lot from y'all and hoping <laughs> that I'll be graceful when the time comes because it's going to come. Yeah. Unfortunately, it generally does um, and is, you know, generally better than the alternative because I guess the alternative is you predeceasing everyone you're close to, which is probably not fun either. I mean, it sounds uh, easier, but it's then it's making it hard for everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't. It would probably it would be easier, I guess, to not deal with grief. But I also feel like grief is an extension of love and mm. uh, and so it's it's important and it's not entirely negative, which is part of the yeah. part of the anthology. Um, and also we grieve a bunch of different things. And I think it's important to point out too that that not all the stories, not even half the stories, I think, are actually about grieving mm-hmm. the loss of another person. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe exactly half, but a lot of it is more to do with grieving other aspects of life, like grieving our own health and and or grieving our community um loss of agency yeah yeah place in the world yeah i actually so that was one of the things that struck me when i read the story again was that um i love how you invert the tropes because when you start reading it you're like okay she's got to defeat the monster to get the thing and without giving away any spoilers she does not defeat the monster in the way that you're expecting which is Mm. awesome and the monster uh the guardian becomes a little bit more of a trickster figure Mm. um and uh, in reading it and and feeling the grief in the story, and I feel like like fighting it is almost a is almost a like stage of grief, and then uh, what the main character does to like start to talk to or bargain with or let go of the fight um, feels like another stage in it. Um, and I wondered if that was like something that you were intentional about, or this story was just coming out and it was just true to your experience, or yeah, I mean the story really just came out like and I wrote it really soon after my parents passed away I Mm -hmm. I mean soon on a relative scale it was about a month after yeah and 
which at the time felt like loads of time had, had passed since yeah, then. I'm sure but, it felt but super at, long. Yeah. But in retrospect was like really quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially, you know, here years a couple of years later and recognizing where I am in the grieving process now um, and where I was then it was still, everything was still pretty new and raw, but I really mm-hmm. needed to write that story. And so the, in in the initial draft, nothing was intentional. Everything Mm -hmm. was just out on the page, getting emotions and feelings and thoughts from inside of me to outside of me. (laughs) Um, And on rewrite and revision, some stuff was intentional, but um, Honestly, it's been like it's it's been hard. This is this this story has been the hardest for me to revise while also mm. simultaneously being the easiest in some ways because it hasn't required a ton of revision. Um Sarah Chorn's rec- recommended edits um were not extensive. They mm. were fairly minimal. Um they were great too. They were just like really bringing out some points that highlighted things in the story. I totally um, saw the difference cuz they read pre-chorn and post-chorn yes yeah um and so i like yeah her edits were fabulous but they weren't like a major revision and prior Mm. to that i had done uh, i had sent it off to my usual editor um and she had basically done a a quick like proofing more than anything um because the the story like my usual editor is also my sister-in-law and so the story Mm. hit her particularly hard as well Yeah. Um, and so she was not, I think, able to do a right. more extensive revision than that because she was just like, nope, all the feels. Yep. It's good. Can't. <laughs> you did a good yeah. job. Yeah. She's like, you I can't me. stop sobbing long enough to replace <laughs> other things. Or <laughs> These semicolons. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so actually for that reason, it was really great to have um, to have Sarah look at it because mm-hmm. as someone who did not know my parents or yeah. my mom in particular, it was not it was a test of, of emotional impact on an audience rather than someone who already um, knew my, my mom. So um, that, uh, that was really great. And the feedback she provided was way more in depth. And yet again, like it didn't require, like if you've read, if you read both versions, like there's not a massive amount of differences between the first draft and the, and the final draft. Yeah, like that, you know, like that move that I was talking about that the main character does is still there. And it's just like, it's kind of amazing to me to see, because I, I figured if that was in the first draft, it was not intentional. You were just like letting the story come out yeah. to see how like, like as a, as a like lit major, I can take in and pick it apart and say, well, the stage of grief, the character is dealing with at this time, actually, <laughs> um, McLean is, you know, like I could say all kinds of like scholarly things about it. Yeah. And it's just cool that like it was your mythic brain and your heart that was doing it instead of like you're calculating <laughs> if we have calculating yeah. writers brains. No. Yeah. There's not much calculation to the story at all, even in revision. So I guess we were, you know, like we were talking about like how it uh, triggers us both in different ways. Like I almost seek out the trigger, but mm-hmm. um, I, I was reading it and I, I noticed how, like how, that's also almost baked into the story. So again, maybe like it's, you know, your mythic brain, but like the guardian asks if it matters whether it's real or not. Right. And the Mm -hmm. character can't explain to her mom beyond it being a story she wrote, which is so goddamn meta. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the mom <laughs> yep. is kind of like, I wasn't sure if it was a dream. Um, mm. And so it's like, I love how the story calls into question, like, is this real or not? Like, it just feels so much like you're like talking to us through the fourth wall instead of keeping that like hard distance of like, this is fiction, you mm. know, like, um, and yeah. And, and of course, like trying to avoid spoilers, but the character is on in a process of healing. And I think yeah. like, uh, yeah, I guess, do you think that like writing a story like this can, did it help you in your process? Um, cause it, it just like, you know, it is fiction, but it's like, so even without knowing the story behind it, when I read it, I feel how real it is to you as the author. And there's so many points in the story where you're kind of like, this isn't necessarily just a story. Yeah. Um, no, it was, um, it was massively helpful to me. I think it, um, it was a big piece to my grieving process and my, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I again, I hate to use the word healing, and we talked about, uh, so we've <laughs> actually, you know, we revised the subtitle of the entire anthology because we originally said, uh, called it a, 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 an anthology of grief and healing, and then we right. realized that that's actually a misnomer because you never truly heal from grief. Um, yeah. You, you, you know, it, things improve in a number of ways, or rather you learn to live with things, but um, but the wounds uh, from grief never leave you. Um, and I, you know, knew that (laughs) going, (laughs) going in conceptually. Um, but for me, uh, and this is going to be hard for me to talk about just like literally physically get my voice vocal cords to work while also getting really emotional about it. Um, but, uh, a huge amount of A huge amount of my grief is tied up in the fact that I didn't get to say goodbye mm-hmm. to either of my parents, but particularly my mom, mm-hmm. because arguably my dad was less aware of of that, would have been less yeah. aware of it anyway. And so, uh, like, uh, there's a big portion of me that feels still still feels even now, mm-hmm. two years later, many therapy appointments later, <laughs> um, a lot of. Uh, anger and frustration mm-hmm. and guilt um, at you know the world yeah. <laughs> in general and myself also uh, for not being able to to go say goodbye um, and and so for me the story thief is very aptly titled and also mm. um is very much about about that and was basically me giving myself a chance mm-hmm. to say the things I wanted and needed to say to my mom yeah that I didn't actually get to say although it's also a reminder to myself that I did say it to her every time I told her I loved her right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I did often and um yeah, but it's hard. So I basically, um, I'd add some context to it. When before my dad passed away, it was far more evident that mm-hmm. that's what was happening uh, earlier on. And I 
was in, I was also much farther along in the grieving process than my dad because my dad had dementia. Mm -hmm. And so we had been, I had been mentally preparing um, for this and also grieving him, grieving my relationship with him already. Yeah. Because even though he was alive, right. Our relationship was no longer of the relationship of a father and daughter. Yeah. And so I'd been grieving that um, with the help of counseling for a couple of years before he passed away. Mm -hmm. And, Prior to him passing away, I wrote a letter to him, which I read aloud uh, over Zoom. Um, mm. My sister yeah, held me up on a screen in front of mm. him, but he was already, yeah. I don't, I mean, not necessarily comatose, but he was, he was already largely unconscious and unresponsive at that point. Yeah. Um, and so, but I got to read that and it was a final mm-hmm. Or, you know, it was a final goodbye and I, and I got to have that. And with my mom, I got to say things like that to her also um, over video, but I, I wasn't able to compose a letter mm. because it felt like giving up. Mm. Yeah. And so it wasn't until the day she actually passed away that I would even let myself acknowledge that that's what was going to happen. Yeah. And so preparing anything in advance felt like a betrayal. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And it meant that I didn't have (laughs) my primary tool for communication, which is writing, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's my, it's my strongest (laughs) way of, of organizing my thoughts and communicating my feelings. And um, I often write letters to people when I have complicated emotions to express. And mm-hmm. um, and so writing the letter for my dad felt entirely natural and not getting to write that for my mom really hurt. Yeah. And I don't regret not not writing the letter because I, I do think it would have. It would have been a betrayal in a way like she would mm-hmm. not have appreciated. Right. <laughs> Just like you're giving any, up on me any earlier acknowledgement that she was going to die. But, but I needed to do it for me still. And so thief is really the way I did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's very evident when you actually read the story, but, um, but yeah, so it is incredibly like I've, (laughs) uh, one of my, um, uh crowdfunding inspiration uh inspirations is amanda palmer um mm-hmm. and she is a musician and author married to neil gaiman um coincidentally <laughs> <laughs> uh but she ran one of the first like really massive arts kickstarters back mm-hmm. in the day for, made mm-hmm. over a million dollars or well funded over a million dollars which mm-hmm. as we all know is not actually it's making, not making over a million, million dollars, dollars. <laughs> let's be clear, be clear. <laughs> but um and and anyway she wrote this great book called the art of asking mm-hmm. and one of the things she talks about in her whole creative process is um and this is separate from kickstarters but this was part of the book was um the way the degree of mixing reality and lies or reality and fiction in any of her art and and she talks about it as like a blender setting Mm. um and so you know and you can have anything from like the original 
fruit that is reality or (laughs) or a fully blended smoothie that is Uh, a mix of reality and and all this stuff and so uh you know thief i think is an example of Mm -hmm. of a one pulse right uh yes you know like it is just barely not a just reworld like a a real world telling of some shit i went through (laughs) it's easy for me Uh, to imagine you like wielding magical sword short sword let's start there (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean it is and i try like you know that that character is just barely not actually me (laughs) just but really is like 99 percent me and i don't usually do that like usually my fictional characters are fictional characters Uh, every single one of them has a like little drizzle of me in them of course because i that helps me connect with them and and write them so even my villains have like tiny pieces of me in them ideally but uh yeah but but this was very much like <laughs> yeah mostly me mostly my experience and the just a drizzle of 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 fiction in it and i don't normally write that cuz i'm not i'm not a nonfiction person not a nonfiction yeah. author i'm not much of a nonfiction reader um and this still will i think to an audience member read largely as fiction because if you don't know me personally there's no yeah. way for you to know what how many things in 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 the story are true um but yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty much just an extraction of my experience <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's um, amazing that it's that it's what you needed and that it found a home i mean like yeah the whole story of it's so cool and i've been wondering as as we did a Kickstarter that like funded, you know, like 4X and yeah. um, as we've gotten these amazing reviews and like the people who've read it are talking about how meaningful it is to them. Like if that has had some kind of, um, if that has been a part of your, of your uh, grieving process to see it, like to see it have life and how much life like your experience and story have given to other people. It has definitely been it has been a very hopeful piece to the grief hope balance, right? Um, Bringing the, bringing the the Kickstarter, bring, well, bring the, the anthology to life at all. Yeah. Finding other authors who wanted to write on this topic, yourself included. um, And like, there's been, there are so many layers in to, to the ways in which it has been, healing for for me not that the grief has like magically healed up but that but there is there is healing in this whole experience right like there are moments of balm to the Mm -hmm. to the soul wound right like it's it's um not least of which that my mom was always like my biggest fan yeah uh which i've said before um and and like the the person out there like pushing my books like she mm, would just like, yeah all, everyone she met she would talk <laughs> about her daughter who was uh-huh. an author and how they should immediately buy all of my books you know like the entire just, collection yeah that was that was how she rolled um mm-hmm. and and so you know she would absolutely be you know blown away by impressed with and so proud of the success that the alchemy of sorrow has seen so far. Yeah. Um, 
the fact that the Kickstarter did as well as it did, she would first of all say, well, of course it did (laughs) (laughs) because you're brilliant because she was a mom. And that was, you know, she was that type of mom. She was like, they know you're perfect. And the rest of the world just needs to catch up. Um, Which is a great mom to have. Uh, It is not, you know, not reality, but it is, it's a lovely, it's Mm. lovely to have that, that voice. Yeah. So yeah, so it's been bittersweet then because it's like she would have been so excited for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, this wouldn't have happened without her passing yeah. away. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah, it's really hard to it's hard to have any amount of authorly success and have her not be there. Um yeah. 2021 saw the release of the first book that I published uh, without her around to read mm-hmm. it. And that was hard too. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that's, that's, it's a, it's a bittersweet. Yeah. But it's definitely, there's a lot of sweet, you know, um, she would, yeah, she would be so proud. So would my dad, my dad would just be proud as a business venture. He was um <laughs> Honestly, you know, he, the first book I wrote and published, or sorry, the first book I published, he never, no one's read the first book I wrote. <laughs> the first book I published. I can identify with that. Yeah. The first book I published, um, my dad read. And I think it was one of the last books he read before his brain couldn't mm. really handle reading long form fiction anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, and he enjoyed it, you know, um, and I'm sure he would have, he was always excited uh, even as his memory declined to ask about what projects I was working on and, mm-hmm. and how it was going. Mm. And he was always very enthusiastic about them. He was, you know, both my parents were great cheerleaders. And I think if my dad had been more aware of um, my author career, um, if he could have been more aware of it, you know, it was not for a lack of wanting, right. But he was not able to keep that stuff in his head at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, he would have been super, proud about that he was an entrepreneur and so the fact that mm, i was essentially yeah. running my own that i am essentially running my own business he would just be tickled by yeah. um and the success of the kickstarter would really impress the heck out of him also so uh both of my parents would be delighted with all of that and um and personally like the honestly to me the community is more my measurement of mm. the success of the project you know like my parents would have been delighted with sales figures and, and, mm. and the number numbers, you know, dollar signs and stuff. But for me, uh, it's way more about the community of authors we've created and then the community of yeah. readers that, that has developed around it. Like that is to me, the biggest success, um, just the number of people who have been touched by the whole project. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I've, I've been blown away by, it. I was not expecting I was not expecting it to do what it's done. Like I was hopeful, <laughs> but it basically, you know, I, I, I've said this before, but like when we started the Kickstarter, having run my own Kickstarter and having that succeed, I was like, we're going to, we're going to fund. Like we've yeah. got this whole, <laughs> we'll get there, guys. Of us, we like pool our readerships. My readership alone was probably enough. And my readership is not big, but my readership mm-hmm. alone probably could have, you know, succeeded for the, our mm-hmm. modest starting goal. Like that was not that much higher than the goal 
I set for my initial Kickstarter back in 2015, which I managed to make happen with no readership. So I'm like, surely we can hit that starting goal. But I did not expect, I did not expect us to, yeah, to like, (laughs) what's the next stretch goal we can do? Cause we're there already, guys. Quick, come up with something because we're, yeah. And to fund in 24, in just over 24 hours, you know, like it's just like, all of that has been amazing. Okay, Pika, you've got to stop licking your butt in the middle. Oh, of the these four-legged Everything. adventuresome. Uh, we've talked about it so much. Do you want to read us a little bit? Or sure. I can read us a little yeah. bit? That's me. For mom, you may have loved me more, but I miss you every day and always will. Mm-hmm. I should not have read the dedication at oh. the start. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, the illustration by uh, Katie Rosero is definitely worth checking out. Amazing. So, That's the print uh, that I ordered from the Kickstarter. I'm going to put that. Oh, you ordered that one? Yeah. Yep. So here's the story of Thief. On second thought, a magic sword is probably not enough to save my ass. I mutter as blood drips down my hands. I grip my teeth against the wounds tearing the skin of my arms and spit on the rocks at my feet. Ignore that the spit is mostly red as I adjust my grip on the sword that probably won't save me. When I inhale, the sting of sulfur hits the back of my throat and sweat drips down my face. I shift again, trying not to look at the corpses surrounding me in various stages of decay. Some look barely cold, like they might hop up and rejoin the fight if not for the gaping wounds that mar them. Others are little more than bone-colored dust. My grip is weaker now, the hilt of the sword slipping, and I utter a low snarl as I muster the energy to raise the blade once more. You are persistent, small one. A voice growls from above me. Her crimson plated skin is slick with seeping green fluid from the few gashes my sword has managed to inflict. But it's clear you've never done battle with that weapon. Why do you not admit defeat? I will even let you live if you turn away now. You're the time guardian, aren't you? I ask, even though I already know the answer. I wouldn't be risking my ass fighting her with an ancient rune-covered short sword if she weren't. I crane my neck to catch the gaze that towers at least 10 feet above me. She nods, but makes no move to attack. Then I have to get past you. You can stand aside if you like, I offer. I don't have any particular interest in fighting you. The guardian emits a low rumble that shakes the cavern walls and has all the menace of an approaching storm. And it takes me a terrifying moment to realize the sound is laughter. The horns that top her enormous head are as long as I am tall, and I'm not short. Not for a human, anyway. Clearly for a whatever she is i'd be laughably small then again maybe her outlandish size is how she got this job i have no idea she's the first guardian i've ever seen hopefully she'll be the last in addition to being enormous horned fanged and bleeding an alarming shade of green she is also faster than someone her size has any right to be and her claws are as sharp as my sword i'm surprised i'm still alive You have not even trained as a warrior, yet you would throw your life away just to reach a treasure you cannot possibly understand. Her voice and her words send fear clawing up my spine. Oh, I understand it well enough. And you're wrong about not training as a warrior. I've never trained with a sword like this. I pause and gesture with the short sword I hold, though my grip is steadily weakening. The gash in my upper arm isn't making me any stronger, that's for damn sure. But this isn't my first fight. The guardian tilts her head to one side and nods ever so slightly. You surely would not be alive if it were, she admits. I was told that nothing but this sword would penetrate your skin. I figured fighting awkwardly was preferable to dying. You do value your life, then? Of course I do. I'm not here to die, only... I think about what I am here for. 
I need time. Time cannot return you to the way things were, she says. And now her voice, which had been a distant, angry thunder before, is more like a soothing caress. I know, I reply. I'm going to stop there for now. Yep, perfect. <laughs> oh, it's amazing to hear it in your voice because I thought maybe you'd want me to read it um, because it because it hits hard. And you did it so much better than like I practiced. And I was like, yeah, it's just, yeah, that character has a lot of drizzles of the real Virginia in her. And yeah, yeah, your voice. Yeah, is she does. Yeah. <laughs> and you she just, doesn't. yeah, you're super good at narrating. Just <laughs> put you. it out there. Like one mistake and that entire thing and the voice of the guardian. I love it. <laughs> uh, thanks. Cause I did that cold. Um, I mm-hmm. actually, haven't looked at the story in a while and oh, i man. well i couldn't tell <laughs> um, well i'm glad that's nice speaking of which uh where can people find you if they're looking for these wonderful books um so yeah the rest of my books if you go to virginiamclean.com or virginiamclean.ca um both of those work but yeah you can find my stuff there it's available my stuff is now available wide i've gone awesome. back to oh, cool. you can find ebooks and print and um yeah every every everywhere and there's um, audio for blade's edge right there's audio for blade's edge mm-hmm. audio for traders hope is coming soon and cyrus claw also coming soon i really hope to finish those this fall awesome um and release them probably uh in this well yeah we'll see mm-hmm. sometime in 2023 and of course we do have a launch upcoming quite quickly <laughs> yes so more importantly is that the the alchemy of sorrows public launch is november 1st november 1st people right around the corner mm-hmm. and we are on track for the audiobook to be released at the same time oh, as amazing everything. yes so and we are we've got five different narrators on that and mm-hmm. they're all excellent they're and so good we've chosen the ones that work best for each story and it's yeah yeah it's going to be really really good um so if you are into audiobooks please check that out you don't have to listen to my narration <laughs> uh, although <laughs> i do i do you know i like to think i do a, a, a decent job but I think I, you do a great I, job. these these folks are true professionals yeah they're pros i was really happy with how mine turned out and uh ml wong's listened to hers and it was amazing so yeah yeah, it's gonna be a great book and we can find all of it at books number two read.com slash aos that link will be in the show notes too and uh (laughs) yeah and if you want if you're after paper copies um you can also find us on books uh sorry bookshop.org um and then buy us from your local indie mm-hmm. um and also awesome you can just too. take the, the title in and your local indie can order it um you can say hey i want the alchemy of sorrow by these fine folks and uh i honestly think there's not actually a single other book titled the alchemy of sorrow right now so you Yay. can find it pretty easily <laughs> in a sea um, of millions and millions of books we did good yeah i mean it's rare to have a title that doesn't get repeated at some totally. point boy blade's edge i tell you was yeah in retrospect because it's mostly hits for uh, world of warcraft <laughs> huh i'm betting cyro's claw is a little bit more unique cyro's claw is not there's there are no other cyro's claws yeah. that i'm aware of uh, at least in english well awesome y'all should check it out i uh i love her story and so many of the I other love your story thank you thank your you your story's great <laughs> thank you um but but i honestly feel that way about all the stories yeah. and i you know i know i'm someone who's inclined to like the stories of people who i i like but i at the same time 
I really am, have been deeply moved by everybody's story and they're all excellent. And, yeah, I mean the the reviews are objective. Like the the uh, high standarded people of NetGalley are enjoying our book. So right, yeah. <laughs> I also yeah. I feel like also there was some self selection too. Like people in NetGalley who were like, oh no, I'm not going to want to read a bunch of sad stories about grief and hope. Or you know, they probably yeah. didn't pick it. <laughs> That's good. I mean, you know, the title itself is a trigger warning. So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, I hope. I hope that anybody who's listening to this is intrigued and wants to pick mm-hmm. it up. And um, I hope that everybody checks out all of your other, my dog is coming to visit. She's like, Aww. hi. hi oh yeah. We're being one. invaded by dog. There's just been not enough paying attention to her. Yeah. <laughs> like, what about me? What about me in the alchemy of sorrow? Yeah. So not- check out the anthology. Of course, we'll have more of these podcasts coming up and uh, check out these books. Cause they're all also awesome. I can vouch for <laughs> check out levi's books too they are also awesome thank you yeah it was so good to talk as always yeah um, i'll for see you me. everywhere on the internet like usual <laughs> <laughs> see you around see pretty you much around. instantly <laughs> for more information on levi jacobs and his books including the award-winning tide collar chronicles visit www.levijacobs.com or for a free audio only available to podcast listeners. Go to www.levijacobs.com slash free. Thanks for listening and read on.